Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I'm joined by Daniel C. Daniel is the co-founder of Space Makers, a productivity consulting group for busy leaders. His book, Space Maker, actually in my hand at the moment, is a, a book about how to unplug unwind and think clearly in the digital age and it won the Australian Business Book Award in 2021 for personal development and he was a finalist for the best technology book and best cover design. As a trainer, coach and keynote speaker, Daniel has worked with CEOs, executives and other senior professionals throughout Australia and beyond. He is the creator of best-selling productivity courses such as Email Ninja, List Assassin, Priority Samurai, and Making Space with more than 20,000 students online and offline. Daniel has a broad professional history, which includes leadership roles in physiotherapy, health management, product management, and Christian ministry. Daniel lives in Tasmania, Australia, with his wife Carly and their three children, Naomi, Caleb and Jethro. He also keeps 14 purebred chickens who eat a lot of grain and lay too few eggs. Welcome, Daniel. Hi. Thank you, Magic. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. And I love that you keep these chooky girls, even though they're not producing many eggs. Yeah, although one's called Dave because the uh, the kid saw that she had a mullet. Uh, is this kind of defect on the back of the chicken's neck and they decided to call her Dave. So uh, we have one chook called Dave and the rest are females. <laughs> I love that. And for the uh, overseas listeners, a mullet is kind of a short do on top lengthy at the back, very 80s, very um, Aussie Bogan, I guess you could say it, from back in the day. Although it's popular with footballers nowadays and apparently popular with one of my chickens. Well, it's all coming back and Dave the chicken is sporting a mullet. Love that. Now, before we get into it, I was just saying to you off air, you know, I actually have this book in my hand and I have really enjoyed reading it. So I know that we're going to get so much from this interview. I'm going to preempt it and say we'll do two interviews. So listeners, this is a two-part episode. You are going to get so much out of this, and I'm not blowing smoke here for Daniel. It's very rare that I actually read a book that gets sent to me by one of my guests because normally they're sent online. Daniel actually sent this to me in the mail. and. So I actually read it and I love 
or everything about it. So, listeners, I can't wait to unpack this for you. Daniel, let's get straight into it. I always ask my listeners the same three questions and everyone gives me such amazing different answers that I can't wait to hear yours. So here's the first one. What can your expertise do to accelerate health, not just physical, but also emotional and spiritual health? Yeah, that's a great question. I used to be a physiotherapist, so I do have a health background and now I work with productivity. So it's a different type of health. It's helping people make space to think deeply and rest fully and reconnect with people away from a screen. Uh, you know, I suppose mental space as well as physical space in their lives. And yes, yeah, so, so that's what I do. I, I, I can help people to make space in the clutter of everyday life and to put the things in that matter most because I think essentially health is about prioritizing the stuff that matters most and trusting that the rest will somehow work itself out. So without getting too far down this rabbit hole, because we are going to talk about the book in depth in our next episode, but what are some ways that people can prioritize things for their health? Some easy ways that don't require, you know, such an overhaul or a huge change, because we know that, you know, massive changes as health practitioners, we see that they don't always stick. So what are some incremental things that you suggest? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same if it's productivity or if it's physical health. Uh, it's the same practices, isn't it? It's starting with one small step and making a small change. I mean, I do really like the work of James Clear in terms of how to habit stack. So the idea that, you know, pick a habit, let's say you want to learn to floss your teeth. Well, obviously it makes sense to to try to put the floss next to you and floss after you've cleaned your teeth. But, you know, if you want to create other habits like, I don't know, do 20 push-ups, well, then what if you were to do 20 push-ups after you'd clean your teeth? So you, you stack one habit on another habit. Whatever change you want to make, I think it is as simple and as complicated as working out what you want to see changed, what might be uh, one small actionable habit that you could do regularly that would logically lead you towards that outcome and then trying to work out how you can, with minimal amount of effort, either change your environment or change your patterns to include that habit in your day-to-day -day activities. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense, and, and thank you for that. And we talk about wealth here. So people think that's just financial wealth. But, you know, we look more at personal and emotional wealth here as well because you can't really have one without the other. Mm. So what are your top three tips to creating wealth? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I think you have to know what wealth you're aiming for. Firstly, I'd love to answer by saying these are the top three things I would do. But interestingly, even in my life, I've changed my focus over time. Do you mind if I explain a framework that I use? Please do. Yeah, okay. So I, I, I like looking at wealth from a holistic perspective, using five capitals. So realizing that actually, you know, we don't just have to grow our financial capital. We actually need to grow our relational capital, our intellectual capital. So that's knowledge, our physical capital. So that's time and energy and physical health, our spiritual capital, our wisdom and spirituality, and obviously our financial one. And so what I tend to do, even every year, I tend to do an exercise where I map out what my portfolio is. So uh, let's say I had 17 gold bars and they represented all of my capacity or my capital across work and life. I tend to 
to put those bars against those five capitals and think, you know, how much financial do I have, intellectual, spiritual, relational, and and physical capital. And I look at what my portfolio is now, and then I work out which direction I'm heading with each one. I then look at if I got 17 more gold bars in the next year, where would I distribute them if I had the type of balanced and holistic life that I would like to live? And then it's pretty obvious to know which are the areas where I need to grow in and which are the areas where I need to maybe reduce my activity and effort in and then work out what are the habits I need to do to shift my capital base from one point to the next. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a structured person, so uh, that's a way in which I do it. But to answer your question, I, the top three will depend on which areas of growth I feel I need to balance or rebalance for the next season. And obviously, I'll put more investment in that area, whether it be growing my mind, so reading more and doing more study, uh, growing my physical health, you know, doing more physical activity and all my relational health, you know, spending more time having beer at the pub with my friends or investing in walking with my kids, that kind of stuff. So it depends on my season of life. I think that's a great answer. And, you know, our season of life does change quite regularly. So sticking to one thing just won't work the whole time. So I really do love your answer. Now, we do talk about weight loss here. And many people struggle with their weight, whether it's a stress-based consideration or whether it's a physical thing to do with diet, exercise, or illness. So have you ever battled your weight? What was the trigger to lose it? And what can you offer the listeners to win that battle? Yeah. Look, so I'm not an expert in weight loss. I'll, I'll be straight out there. If anything, I struggle with weight gain. I've always wanted to increase my weight. And so I'm, I have a different metabolism. Uh, and it's not that I exercise too much. I, I tried once eating a whole lot of bad food to try to increase my weight. And it just gave me a little podgy stomach, but I still didn't increase my weight. So I am lucky in that sense. Uh, however, what I've experienced in terms of health generally related to physicality is that in my life, I've realized that the mind shift and the identity that, that I have around my health has really impacted the habits that I can live out. And I would imagine that that's similar, whether or not you're trying to lose weight or gain weight. I used to have chronic pain in terms of neck pain. And my, uh, my father has ankylosing spondylitis, which is a genetic back disease. Uh, it's the one that the hunchback of Notre Dame had, where his spine got fused up and there was lots of inflammation. And I have the same genes. And for many, many years, I had regular chronic pain and was on Celebrex and anti-inflammatories. This might be a strange story, but I, I ended up having uh, a, a bunch of people pray for me and, and it was like a spiritual experience. And uh, there was this kind of image I saw and, and, and I saw like these dark clouds and then the clouds moved and there was like blue sky behind it. And then it closed, like just, I suppose, just a picture in my mind. And I just had this real sense that I'd always seen myself as an unhealthy person and I was, I'd almost been grown up expecting to have this pain because of my father and I had that expectation. And yet the sense I had was that actually behind those gray clouds, I'm actually a healthy person. And, and for some reason that, that spiritual experience shifted my identity and instead of seeing myself as a sick person, I realized I was a healthy person. And I was actually strong and not weak. And that totally changed my mindset. And then somehow 
that changed my habits uh, and I got off Celebrex. I exercised in a different way and I just know that I'm not a sick person and somehow my immune system changed. So I can't explain that. Uh, that's only my personal story, but somehow my change in identity has helped me to shift how strong I am physically. And I suspect that works in different areas of weight and health. You will know more about it than I will. Totally. And and you've hit the nail on the head there. When we identify as fat or skinny or unwell or in pain, then our body hears that and our body actually makes that happen because it says, well, that's how you feel safe Mm. by having this label. So it's all about safety. Every system of the body wants you to be safe. And when you label yourself, it sees that as a safety mechanism. So definitely I love your story and I think the listeners really do need to look at how they label themselves. I'm not saying that we've all brought our own issues on ourselves. That's not what I'm saying at all. But be careful of what you tell your mind because Mm -hmm. it will enlist all the other systems of the body to make it so. That's really interesting. I remember as a physiotherapist working with people with chronic pain, again, it is often the stories that people have told themselves and the labels that they've given themselves that lead to degenerative behaviors. And we would often encourage people to say, for example, that I'm doing pain today rather than I have chronic pain. So it's dissociating yourself from your identity, like your feelings and experiences from who you are as a person. Uh, just like as a child, you know, with the shame resilience stuff that Ben A. Brown does that you, know, you generally wouldn't want to tell your kids that you're a bad person, but that was actually not an okay behavior and to separate that. And I think that that makes sense from what I understand in other areas of life and productivity. Exactly. Now, look, Daniel, we love freebies here. What can you offer the listeners as a freebie and where can they find that? I'm at spacemakers.com.au. That's my website. And there's a bunch of stuff there. In terms of freebies, I mean, read my blog. There's lots of stuff in my blog about personal development, about habit change, about grief, about loss, about life. Yeah, if you're interested, read my blog and sign up. That's one of the things you can get for free. Terrific. Listeners, this was your episode 210. And in 211, Daniel, rejoin us because this book needs to be delved into. I can't wait to bring you some information from the fantastic book Space Makers. Daniel, thanks for joining us in this episode. No problems. Thanks, Magic. And listeners, thank you for your time. Go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.